Welcome to the Guernsey Daily. I'm Ollie Gyu. And I'm Rob Byrne. This is the final episode of the show. Polls have closed, the results are in, and we found out who is to become the next set of deputies. I think it's fair to say you probably know the results by now, but there's lots of questions to get into. There are so many different things. I mean, next week we have the vote for chief minister as well. Uh, So we've invited Chris Pitch along to chew the fat on a big night with upsets, with, you know, the emergence of parties. What does that say about island-wide voting and its success? A record turnout as well. There's so much to get into. Let's do it. Okay, uh, so Rob, I'm going to start with you because uh, you were there at Beaux-Azur. What was uh, the turnout like? Yeah, it was pretty good. I mean, in terms of the actual vote itself, um, we had a higher turnout figure than uh, previous elections. And uh, in terms of engagement, obviously, with the drawn-out nature of the the vote and the delay in getting the final result, there weren't actually that many people. I have to say, Ollie, I didn't stick around. I left early. <laughs> I didn't stay for the result because I knew we'd have to be getting up early and talking about the uh, the result as well. But, um, you know, that, that big turnout, 24,647. So that's almost 80% of the electoral roll, which was uh, a higher number. That was a record in itself as well. And and that 8% rise in turnout, a lot of people are putting down to the popularity of postal voting this year. I'm, I've got to say, I, I saw the results very early on because um, I had to do the late night feed uh, or the early morning feed for my baby. So it was the first thing I did, bottle in one hand, phone in the other, checking out the results. So uh, I got to it before you did, Rob. Were you shocked <laughs> by what you were reading? Um, I wasn't overly shocked, actually. I think oh, I think a lot of... Really? No, thought, yeah. Yeah, Chris Pitch, come on, tell us, what were, the, what were the big standouts for you? Well, first of all, I was really impressed with the turnout. Like you said, 80% of turnout. And if you look at UK politics, I think the highest we had recently was in 2017 with 69%. So even in 2019, we had 67%. So well done, Guernsey, for getting out there and voting. That was really good. So, But the big thing for me, yeah, the big surprise is the big names were thrown out of the state. You know, the Matt, uh, Falaise, Mary Lowe, uh, Dawn Tyndall, you know, these are the big names that I really didn't expect. I, I expected them to be there this morning when I logged on to look at the results. So big, big surprises. But um, it does show that uh, the independent candidates are still quite dominant within the states. So uh, that, that was that was quite a, a surprise, uh, particularly because obviously it's been a big kind of draw that uh, new parties would maybe be dominant in the states. But it, was it really a surprise? Because this was the sort of uh, this was an election for change. It felt like anyway that was a lot of it was what people were saying, and it's a message that we heard time and again. So to see loads of sitting deputies thrown out actually to me wasn't overly surprising. I just think uh, with 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 the, such big names and established personal brands in in the states, you know, Mary Lowe, I I, I thought she would have been in the top ten or top twenty. Uh, but then again, that could be just my uh, outsider in naivety looking in. But um, I was just really surprised, even Mark Dory kind of not being there as well. So I was just really surprised that um, because we didn't know it was so uncertain. We didn't know whether political parties would dominate. We didn't know that we didn't know whether this election would be a referendum on political parties. So it, it, it is interesting to see that, yeah, independents still, they're still the majority of what, 58 percent of, uh, of people within the uh, within the states are independent compared to parties at 42 percent. So it's, it's really interesting. And can I get a shout out for our poll there? Because it kind of it re- was re- relatively accurate in terms of the final 38, not in order, 
but we we ran this poll uh, beforehand which we put on on a facebook group going to people have your say and on twitter so it was never going to be representative of the whole electorate uh, in particular only those who have online access and let's be honest with Guernsey people have you say those who probably like moaning and aren't in favour of the status quo I think that comes through in the results but it was able to um, accurately predict uh, I think the figure was 84% so 32 of the 38 deputies that were returned yeah mm-hmm. oh that's really interesting because and also another stat which I'm really kind of fascinated with the, the top 10 candidates I think 60% of them are they sit in the independent camp as well so uh, compared to the 40% which are obviously party members so again that top 10% that the top 10 candidates seem to represent uh, the kind of overall outlook of the states in terms of uh, the, the the breakdown between parties and independents and it, and on on parties chris i want to ask you about that because um on the face of it you would you would look at it and you would say well you've got one party the alliance party that was unsuccessful with all of their candidates you had another party the partnership of independence which was probably the most high profile or perhaps the most talked about that uh returned under half of the candidates that it put up so you look at that and you think well perhaps there's a bit of an uneasiness with party candidates but then you look at the guernsey party who actually got in six of the eight candidates that it put up one who who stopped standing due to illness so it seems like it's a bit of a mixed bag when it comes to the popularity of party politics. What would you say on that? Absolutely. I, I, I don't know who it was, but I looked on Twitter this morning and they said 75% of the Guernsey Party's candidates candidates were elected compared to 48% of the Guernsey Party of Independence. Or, yeah, the Guernsey Partnership, sorry, of Independence. But I think for me, it was interesting because the, the Alliance Party was seen as the more traditional type of political party. It had the leader, parties and policy. And even on their website, they positioned themselves as a traditional kind of political party, leader-led party. And so because that was rejected, does that suggest that people in Guernsey don't want traditional type of political parties, but they want the more, I suppose, like hybrid approach or more tailored approach to Guernsey, which obviously are independent focused, yet have some sort of alliance? So it's like that halfway house. So have we found the perfect model for kind of political parties in Guernsey, that kind of independence yet aligned to a group of people? And you've got, I, I think, one other observation on the partnership of independence is the, the sort of, you know, the poll toppers, the, the people who you expected to get to get voted in regardless of that association, poll topper Gavin St-Pierre, Heidi Soulsby, um, Lyndon Trott, for example. So actually, if you take those away from that grouping as well, um, in terms of the uh, the newcomers that were attached to that party, yes, you have some Sasha uh, cousin Saver Miller, um, Tina Berry, uh, so two first timers that were aligned, uh, Steve Faller as well with with that group but that did get in. But there was actually quite a big chunk that didn't, including former deputies who decided to stand again. None of them got in so it's it, it, it's interesting. Did people with that because it was less of a party or less you know kind of how you think of someone setting forward a, a group of policies having a traditional leader did people did not not really get that did, did they want a part more of a party and 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 didn't have it i don't know i think these are many questions that we'll you maybe have to ask voters now on the ground because even though we've got the election results and you think it's over i think it's raised many questions about uh, politics and 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 the state of politics going forward in guernsey and so it would be great to get on the ground now and actually ask voters why did they vote for Gavin St-Pierre? Why did he top the poll? Was it because of his own personal established brand? 
or was it because of the his association with the party? I imagine it's his own personal brand, and because it's so established, it's he's, he's got a strong um, island-wide profile. That's that that's how he got in. Do you think we're going to see conflict or, or rivalry, perhaps like in the form of uh, which we've never seen before in the states? Given that there is a fairly even balance between the Guernsey Partnership of Independence and, and the Guernsey Party in terms of voices that can be heard, do you think we're going to see that sort of that I don't know those those conflicts of opinion um, play out a little bit more strongly then? we used to with just all independent candidates. I don't know. I think we'll see a lot of electioneering going on and, and a lot of um, kind of um, discussions going on, maybe behind the scenes. And they may be going behind the scenes now, even before the end, before we've received the results. Um, so it'll be interesting to see who's jostling for position, because obviously what they're going to be doing now is starting to, starting to think about the next round of elections, the internal elections for uh, committee positions. That'll be interesting to see how and who's going to kind of go for some of the top jobs. But it, it will be interesting to see if now these groups have been elected, will anyone jump ship and join the other party or will any sitting independents then want to join a, one of the um, alliances within the states? So it'll be interesting to see if there's any defections. We've never probably seen that before. So will that happen going forward? Uh, and I guess the next big thing uh, for the states when they uh, meet in a week's time is the appointment of the chief minister. Now, obviously, the current chief minister top the poll has indicated his intention to be chief minister again um but if you look at the 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 top of the um leaderboard so to speak you've got deputy heidi Soulsby just behind him uh within the same political grouping you've got deputy andrea dudley owen who uh did very well in third place and you've got the leader of a political party mark hellier in fourth, and Peter Furbrush, who previously stood against uh, Deputy St. Pierre for Chief Minister last time and has also signalled his intention to try and return to that position. So it'll be <laughs> it'll be fascinating to see how those sort of candidates jostle uh, potentially for leadership. What's your, your sort of instinct on how that might play out? Yeah, I think because obviously we've had this election, it, there's, there's that internal election going on now. And they'll all be, like you say, jostling for position, whether it's um, Heidi Salisbury. I think she said on BBC News yesterday that she uh, she's obviously not going for the health job, but she's wanting to maybe go into a different role and use her experience in a new role. So uh, and there's been some suggestions. Is she going to go for that committee? Obviously, maybe then go for, for chief minister. Who knows? But perhaps it's time for an independent like Millie Dudley Owen to kind of go for that top job so then it so then we have somebody independent and there's no political party in the chief minister role that could be an interesting kind of thing that we see here and I guess that there will be that um, you know we've seen this we've heard talk before of internal disputes in terms of a split in in the states of Guernsey and those who were sort of backing and on the side of the previous chief minister or current chief minister Gavin St Pierre and 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 those who were against will they coalesce around say deputy Mark Hellier because immediately you would presume he's got at least uh, five other candidates who are going to back him for that position yeah, well, absolutely. It's going to be we're going to see something we've never seen before in Guernsey politics. Obviously, we, it seems like we have uh, kind of clear oppositions now uh, between different parties. So I think it's going to be a really interesting couple of uh, days to see who kind of goes in for these positions. And um, I bet you'll see people on the airways today saying that they're going to throw their hat in the ring or 
you know, and they're, and they're going to go for the top job. So, you know, rather than kind of get some sleep and just uh, put our feet up, I think it's going to be uh, one to watch in the coming days. Up the ante, yeah. And speaking <laughs> of hats, hat, speaking of hats, Deputy Cole Mirabel got back in, Ollie. Yeah, I was going to say, actually, he's very, very closely contested with Fergus Dunlop in the position just below him. Um, enough so that uh, surely there could be a recount if Fergus was to ask Well, I, I think that would have already have happened, or you would presume that would have already have happened. Uh, I think there's a narrow, narrow window in which they would have had to have raised that. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, let's um, let's leave that. Let's find out about that. But it was really interesting speaking to because we went we went to the into the shed, his political <laughs> shed, where he does all of his planning. And uh, he, I have to say, and I'm sure he probably won't mind mind me saying this, he was pretty sure he was going to be re-elected. I don't think it ever came into his mind that he wasn't going to be sitting back in the States. He must have had a heck of a fright last night when he got, <laughs> when he crept in in 38th place. Um, but um, it's really interesting. Yeah, you know, he, he sort of um, certainly always saw himself returning to the States. Um, and, and it's worth pointing out the other scalps as well. We, we talked about Deputy Matt Fallet's obviously education, hugely contentious issue. He's He's turfed out. Deputy Barry Breo, former environment minister, perhaps a victim of, again, being in a prominent position within the previous states. Not so much of a contentious one in terms of environment, but also he, this is an interesting one, Chris, and it feeds into the island-wide voting. He really nailed his colours on the mast. And a lot of people were sharing an article where he he described island-wide voting as spectacularly dumb and previously had said that he wasn't going to stand for re-election and then changed his mind. Wow. Um, <laughs> you, you wonder how much how much damage that might have done to his re-election prospects. Absolutely, and I think um, you know when we start to think about island-wide voting now, I think it's going to be we could say it works. It's it's been a success, you could say. Um, it has changed things on the island in terms of the uh, the, the uh, electoral mapping and the obviously introduction of political parties. But it will raise questions about going forward, whether these parties are here to stay, or will they fizzle out in four years' time, or will we see even more parties? kind of jump on the bandwagon. Something I wanted to mention was the age of the candidates because um, we actually interviewed two relatively young candidates, uh, Pierre Eamon and Josh Maxoni, on the podcast um, quite early days and neither of them got in, not by a great margin, to be fair. Pierre was, you know, only a couple of 40th, spots below. Yeah. Um, so do we do we know who the youngest um, candidate to be elected is? And Ooh. does it say anything about uh, the the electorate and their views on on age? And well, youth? there aren't many young candidates. Just just going uh, going through the list, I would imagine, but we'd need to check this. Sam Haskins, perhaps, who who uh, had a very strong campaign and interestingly featured on the same posters as Peter Furbrush, who was uh, what was he fifth place as an independent um and so there was obviously some kind of grouping or thinking of of combined strategy in their campaign and he got in as a first timer in terms of other sort of young-ish names if i didn't give too much of a dis- disservice <laughs> yeah it is it is it's difficult this one isn't it um you, you would probably say andrew taylor uh as an independent candidate yeah he's 32, yeah, 32 um, according to age, the website um and uh and Tina Berry, who I believe somewhere, <laughs> I can't say, I, she's oh. somewhere in her thirties. Twenties. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've really put you on the spot. So, here, Robin, so I, I think I think you're on something there <laughs> yeah. in, in the in that there aren't that many young c- candidates um, who, who've made the cut. I what I would the observations I'd make about the first timers that did get in is that a lot of them 
we, we talked about island-wide voting. We talked about, you know, a name counting for a lot. And the first-timers that did get in are quite prominent within the community and are known for something. Chris Blinn, as a businessman who's run um, a couple of quite high-profile pro- high island firms and is always spotted in Peterport. He's normally in a coffee shop. If you if you're around somewhere, you'll see him. Um, Andrew Taylor, his coffee business and, and his tourism business. He works as a local tour guide. He drives a jeep around and takes tourists around. Ordinarily, not that so much this. Maybe summer. it's something to do with coffee. Um, <laughs> That's the common denominator. Maybe it is. Um, uh, um, our ex colleague at the BBC, Simon Fairclough, who was the political reporter for for many many years there. You know, I'm just I'm just pulling these names out. Uh, Tina Berry, perhaps through her work with Liberate, and again, she might have benefited from that uh, association with the Partnership of Independence. And then uh, there's a couple more as well. Adrian Gabriel of the, of the Gabriel, his grandfather, the Gabriel Shops, which pretty much everyone used to get their school uniforms from <laughs> over the years. You know, very very well known local prominent local family. Aidan Matthews, the yes. son of a former deputy, as well. So it's interesting. What I would say, and and where a bit of a spanner in the works there, is that the uh, Guernsey Party candidates, some of them who who really weren't, I would say, have that local association and and that sort of like local brand, have done quite well. Uh, Nick Mokes, perhaps being the greatest example, as a relative newcomer to the island who finds himself. Um, elected, and I wonder whether there was a, a, a Chris Letitia, okay, local surname, but again, perhaps not that well known locally. In there, did they benefit from perhaps a block vote or that association of being something different, something new and shiny, and and, get, and getting in is is quite an interesting one. It could be, yeah, it could be the same because obviously the name of the Guernsey Party as well. It's quite patriotic. It's quite it's quite you know linked to heritage. If people were unsure who to vote for and which way to go, they probably thought, yeah, I'm going to vote for the Guernsey party. It sounds like the party I want to uh, um, to vote for. They, they may not have necessarily read up on the, the policies, but because of the, the, the name of the party itself, that could have actually attracted a lot of people. In a way, is it, is it a good thing um, that we've seen a large number of one party elected? Because it does give us a little bit of a flavour of what it's going, what, what is capable if there is a, a party with relative amount of political sway i suppose it gives us a clear idea over the next four years of of if we want them to stay and um uh, you know we have had questions is it an endorsement of parties um i guess i guess that is really a time will tell sort of question isn't it yeah it's it's not a it's the point where this i think the majority still endorse independent candidates um and the and they like the independent nature of politics in guernsey but it, it's as if they, they're kind of tempted now because like 42% of the electorate voted for a political party or a political alliance. So they're tempted to see what that is, what this is. So maybe they're just keen to have a look at, at party politics, but they're not committed to uh, full party politics yet. So maybe this will be the, uh, the next four years will be the, uh, the year to see if this actually works. And if not, will all the parties get uh, thrown out at the next election? It'll be interesting to see. I think a lot of it might depend on how on what happens within government now, because obviously you you don't have a majority of a particular party. You don't even have a, a combined majority of the two parties. So you wouldn't have a coalition necessarily that that would um, be able to, you know, almost certainly say, yes, we're going to be able to force through legislation because we have a weight of numbers in Parliament. So if they can build alliances and attract other members. And interestingly, uh, I remember John Gollop, not long before the poll, tweeted a photo of himself with a Guernsey Party badge on. 
suggesting perhaps he was drifting <laughs> towards supporting them if you know if and when and he obviously always was going to get returned to government so if those conversations are happening now and someone can grow their presence within the assembly it'd be really interesting to see if then we get to a point in the next election where we we do have parties that could be approaching something of a majority or groupings or alliances that could actually say well we've got we've got 25 deputies who who back us for example and it goes yeah it goes back to the point i said earlier about will anyone jump ship so will john gollop at some point say do you know what i'm going to join that particular group because uh i i now endorse their uh their policies or their uh their values and so it'd be interesting to see if if that if this happens because then that could also automatically change the makeup of the states like you say it could push if a number of votes a number of uh, deputies join a political group then all of a sudden you may there may be a majority in the state so will john will john gollop ever not get elected <laughs> i think that's the big question i don't think isn't so it? i don't think so i mean uh, it's an interesting one i um you know chatting to him he, he uh i saw him i think it was a couple of weeks ago now and uh it, i could almost sense he felt a bit a bit uneasy and a bit sort of bereft because of the new system and not knowing where he quite fitted in um, he ran quite a clever campaign. I don't know if he, he, he um, there's this thing called the Tenor Fest, which is his £10 um, meal offer, although they're often not £10. But I love the he Tenor Fest. Some quite, <laughs> he, he had some quite clever advertising where he, he had an advert where he was he was at the John Gollop Tenor Fest and it was all sort of a play on the fact that he, um, things he was offering up on his menu. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I think and no one was ever really in doubt that he, was, um, he, he wasn't going to get re-elected and probably be, certainly be in the top five or ten and he, he turned out to be what was it four or five six sixth place as an independent candidate so yeah i, I think it's in, it's enduring and, and you know and he is perhaps i would say prior to covid19 would have been perhaps the most well-known politician locally in guernsey um you could say now perhaps gavin st pierre and heidi Soulsby come under that bracket but yeah it's it's really interesting and um no uh i i think we see that in terms of other established candidates uh, how much of an advantage is that how much campaigning do they have to do i mean when i interviewed deputy gavin st pierre in his office uh, for the podcast because he was actually just doing a normal day's work as chief minister at that point he kind of alluded to the fact that well 95 percent of the island know who i am and take a view on me and it doesn't really matter what i say or do from here on in i'm judged on my previous record so for him he had a very different election campaign to the others and there he is at the top of the poll yeah, but then you say you put that same uh, way of thinking towards Mary Lowe and then you get an entirely different out- outcome. So I suppose there could be a day. There could be a day when John Gollop's not elected. I don't see that day coming but soon. I think with John Gollop then, he's always kind of used different uh, tactics to try and stand out, whether it's um, on YouTube or social media and like you say, the Tenefest posters. I think it's it, it, that's quite creative and quite original compared to other kind of uh, deputies across the island because, again... Outside looking in, um, I don't know what was really happening on the ground apart from posters, billboards, hustings, manifestos, some um, obviously door knocking. But was there anything really creative out there apart from the John Gollop's, uh, oh, uh, yeah, John Gollop's um, Tenefest poster or the uh, uh, Jonathan Lee Tox uh, musical manifesto? I really like that. <laughs> was there anything really yeah. creative? Yeah. T- t- to be honest, there was <laughs> there wasn't a great deal that really grabbed my attention. Um, 
and I was expecting because of the nature of an Isla Y vote and perhaps being more um, uh, more digitally focused, people will come up with some clever ideas. I mean, <laughs> I don't know, maybe I'm being a bit harsh. There are a few, but there was no one thing that I saw and thought, oh, that's cracking. Like, oh, that's a good laugh. Perhaps maybe with the exception of John Gollop's advert. We thought after hearing your interview, because obviously the entire island would have listened <laughs> to the, the Guernsey Daily, of course, of course um, that they would have, you know, been jumping on uh, on your advice, which was, you know, kind of came very early on, which was do something Absolutely. to stand out. Yeah. I'm just really surprised that, you know, um, that people didn't kind of really do other things to stand out. And again, maybe this is going to be a wake up call for deputies going forward that they really to stand out. They really have to do something different other than the traditional hustings, billboards and posters. They, they, I'm not, again, saying that they have to abseil down um, a tower or they have to kind of uh, water ski across the uh, the marina, but they really have to maybe help, just though. do something different. Yeah, exactly. Well, I suppose it would capture <laughs> imagination. Yeah. Um, we might see Mary Lowe um, water skiing next uh, in four years' time then or uh, Matt Fillet's uh, flying in paragliding, I don't know, with a big banner <laughs> of what he stands for. So it'd be interesting to, to see... If they become more creative as the time goes on, because remember, we're in this little echo chamber on the Internet where we see all uh, all these tweets, all these um, posts going on all the time. But because we're all political geeks, I, th- I think it's fair to say, you know, we're into this. Yeah. To, this is our kind of bread and butter. Whereas the man or, or woman on the street is this uh, all this social media cutting through? I know the day, uh, the Guernsey Daily definitely is. But what about other social media platforms? Is that cutting through? Well, I mean, it's interesting that um, I'll go back to the poll there just on, uh, on a final thought on that is that um, we always knew that that because it was something that was predominantly shared and people accessed through Facebook, that it was it was always going to miss perhaps those who were in touch with older voters who, who weren't don't engage on that platform or and, and you know, we see that that it, the ones that it got wrong in the poll, uh, most notably was Al Bruard. Um, who is a, a veteran politician who the poll had in 40, 49th place, but who, um, you know, came in somewhere, I think, one, two, three, four, thirteenth, 13th. And, you know, there were some other, David Delisle, another one that the poll didn't uh, get in, you know, and I wouldn't be a disservice to him to say, uh, an elder statesman and a, an experienced politician who perhaps, uh, certainly in the west of the island, would garner a lot of votes among again probably an older demographic as well um so it's it, it, you know the, these things will always have their limitations um but it, I, I you know i'll come back to it again i'm really i'm really happy with the poll 84 percent accuracy of the 38 deputies i wanted to come back to the poll as well because um polls get a really bad reputation for being inaccurate for you know I, i'm thinking particularly of the uh, brexit poll mm. <laughs> oh, <laughs> or God. the many the many brexit polls so um is is it quite surprising to see what happened with this poll to you, Chris? No, I think it's perhaps it just shows that uh, polling can work and can be uh, can be uh, correct. Uh, obviously, we've uh, we've seen the uh, the problems with uh, Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton in the past. You know, she was leading for right up until election day, and then all of a sudden, uh, Trump swept in and um, seized power. So it's great that this poll seems accurate to a certain degree, and it seems that people are. Are not shy and uh, to say who they're voting for because remember in whether it's the UK or the US there's that shy factor as well where 
on Guernsey, maybe people aren't shy about saying that they're going to vote for uh, Heidi Salisbury or uh, John Gollop. It's it's more of a, it's the opposite here. So um, because it's it's not the shame of saying you vote conservative or you vote for for Trump. It's you know it's it's the it's the, the you're, you're proud to say who you're voting for in Guernsey, perhaps. <laughs> If we were to mix in uh, 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 some actual exit polls as well to get a truer representation of voters who are actually there, maybe. But then, you know, are people who are likely to, to stop outside a polling station and give you a list of 38 people? I think yeah. practically that would be quite difficult. It's, it's much easier if it's just a political party. Unless it's done in a kind of creative way, like you've seen on the daily politics in the past, where you'd kind of get them to put bo- um, little kind of um, plastic balls into a into a box or something like that, or you know some 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 visual that you can kind of make it really creative. So I think even doing that, why don't go, why don't deputies do that in the future, bringing creative ways to try and connect with voters, but also uh, raise their profiles. They need to think about this going forward. I'm sure there's going to be lots of people who are <laughs> mulling over their morning coffee and thinking, what what more could I have done? Yeah. Um, but the question I would yeah. ask, you know, for the people who voted for uh, deputies within political parties, did you vote for the party or did you vote for the deputy? That's a, a kind of an interesting question to ask. What, one thing I, I always wonder whether people are mulling over this morning um, is <laughs> or whether the thought is going on in their head. Thank God, I didn't get in. I was so worried. <laughs> I started the campaign. I realised I didn't want to do it. I'm so happy <laughs> that I didn't get in. I wonder if there's anyone out there who's thinking like that. Or what next? Oh, what shall I do today then? <laughs> you know, just yeah. yeah, imagine that. Imagine you know the the last six weeks of being so intense and so striving for a particular goal, and you know you would be. In a way, it would be a relief if you didn't get in kind of just because uh, you don't have to do that anymore. But at the same time, probably quite daunting for a lot of people, I would imagine, if that if that was, you know, 100 percent what they were um, were striving for and focusing on. And then all of a sudden, yeah, what next? Boom. But not just that. Gone. Drives up. For the yeah. people who've been voted in as a party member, you know, a m- member of a political party or political alliance, will they wake up this morning and go, wow, I'm actually a member of this party? And do, you, do they actually feel really comfortable being part of that party? Or was it, you know, now do they kind of, do they regret it at all? I don't know, we'll see. <laughs> and, and then that will lead to maybe defections in the future. Who knows? Well, Chris Pitch, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for joining us on, uh, well, throughout the Guernsey Daily. Uh, it really has been good to and have thank you Thank you for having me. And I look forward to seeing you again in four years' time, if you have me. <laughs> Thanks for listening. This is the final episode of the Guernsey Daily, so, I mean, don't, don't shed a tear. No, don't cry. Um, we, we have had a lot of fun, and uh, we really, really hope that it's uh, been useful for you as well in, in helping you to make up your mind and sort of make sense of this whole crazy um, island-wide thing. But, uh, yeah, no, we've enjoyed it a lot. Like some of the unsuccessful candidates, Ollie, I'm completely at sea this morning i don't know what to do i i I've just got no sense of direction no purpose without without this podcast i mean yeah i think i think you and and the entire public of guernsey rob <laughs> it's gonna be a, it's, it's, it's gonna be a sad and, and sad time devoid of meaning i think you know what it's been nice though we've had so many people in this and, and and yesterday as well um saying how much they've enjoyed the podcast the poll that we ran uh, as well and how we were a good compliment to the coverage of the election so thanks so much for those of you that did get in touch that really does uh, mean a lot and you know who knows sometime in the future maybe the podcast will be back yeah, I mean, we have been running on steam and also compliments. So all those compliments have been eaten up by <laughs> but us. But not we money. Really, 
<laughs> but not money. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the critical thing. Um, we 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 probably will bring the podcast back though, right? Yeah, I, I think so. And if you do have any ideas, you can still get in touch with us. You can find us at Twitter at Guernsey Daily, or you can still email theguernseydaily at gmail.com. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Until next time. Can I still say that? Goodbye. <laughs> Bye for now.